Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Open is here. Storylines are unbelievable this year. Coming up on TC Live at the U.S. Open, will the Cinderella story continue for Layla Fernandez? We'll preview the Canadian teenager's quarterfinal. Plus, could this 11-year-old be bringing a whole new skill set to the sport? We'll introduce you to this ambidextrous wonder. And as the stakes get higher and the pressure rises, Dominic Team rides into week two of the Open on Tennis Channel. The quarterfinals are here. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball in New York where the youth movement is alive and well at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. A lot to get to over the next 60 minutes. We've got all the big highlights and interviews. Plus, we double down on Coco Goff and Katie McNally and defending men's champion Dominic Team back to break down today's quarterfinal matchups. If you don't know how to say it, it's Botik van de Zenschulp. He is looking to become the first qualifier to reach the U.S. Open semifinals in the Open era. Great run for him. And then Coco Golf back on site, teaming up with Katie McNally. It is Mick Coco in the doubles quarterfinals. They are playing the top seeds tomorrow, signing autographs to the driver. Hey, you got her there safely? Why not? Safely, we are here. Welcome into TC Live. Steve Weisman, the Hall of Famer, Lindsey Davenport from 60 Minutes, John Wertheim. Uh, beginning of the tournament. A lot of record number of Americans, right, in the draw, men's, women's. Uh, we were talking all about it. We have reached the quarterfinals. There are no Americans in the singles quarterfinals for the first time in U.S. Open history, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that's an anomaly, shall we? <laughs> I, I mean, we keep talking about this next generation. No doubt they are good and they are coming. But, gosh, that's a sobering stat to really think about it. Coco Goff, we just saw her arrive it, hopefully she's going to be there next year. But um, that, was really, that really bummed me out yesterday. We extend this to North America and colonize for tennis purposes only our neighbors to the north. And note that Canada, with one-tenth of our population, has two players remaining. We'll talk about it, but very nearly three. Yeah. Sure. So for North America, we're doing well. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we United States of America. Just a little bit. Not so much. All right. We begin with the quest for history, the Grand Slam. Novak Djokovic taking on the last American hopeful in Jensen Brooksby. And the 20-year-old from Sacramento, John, came out on fire. Yeah, he came out Djokovicing. This was like role reversal. Uh, one player was tight playing on the big court. The other one barely missed a ball, got to everything, prolonged rallies with defense and scrambling like this. Well, the nervous player for the first half hour anyway was the guy in the near court going for the Grand Slam. And Brooksby, you see the crowd getting into it, everyone scrambling for analogies. It's, it's Buster Douglas and Tyson. It's, it's Vinci Williams. And then uh, after winning the first set, 
Brooksby, the crowd is into it, and then sort of we reverted to the mean. We, we had an incredible game midway through this second set that went 19 minutes, 24 points, nine deuces. Brooksby won that. Look at that pickoff. Nice volley by Novak Djokovic. This critically long game in the second set, and we think, boy, we've really got a match here. Djokovic then won the next four games, and then uh, the players sort of played their roles. Djokovic uh, looked a lot like Djokovic. Brooksby looked like a kid that had played a lot of tennis, and again, he acquitted himself so well. He will be back to latter stages of tournaments and majors, but uh, in the end, this was the Novak show. This is a nice way to close out your 25th win in a major. Novak Djokovic, 45 winners, converted six break points. He is now just nine sets from history as we go inside the press room. You don't have much time, really, and energy to, to re reflect on everything that, uh, you, uh, that you've been through. But I try to be grateful about it, and, and of course, um, and I appreciate every single step in the journey. And one day, you know, of course, I will, <clears throat> when I don't play professional tennis anymore, I will probably have a, a little bit of a, a larger perspective on things and understand what I've been through a little bit better. 25 straight wins at majors. Eight times, though, he has dropped the first set. He's been able to come back and win. Jensen Brooksby, uh, got to give some love to the 20-year-old American, what he was able to do this entire tournament and then show in that first set. Yeah, I, I mean, his almost courage, you call it, out on court and his ability to fight. I mean, even when he was down and out in the fourth, it looked like his leg was bothering him. He finally called the trainer. He's looking over to his camp saying, two more sets, two more sets. I mean, we, we talk about how maybe soft some of the American players have been or in the juniors or whatever. That is exactly the opposite of Jensen Brooksby and what amazing fight he showed out there. I mean, he had Andy Roddick, like, live-tweeting how great <laughs> this kid is. Give him to me what they said on TV for four days. I want to help his serve. He really got a lot of people excited last night. This is not a guy who's blowing people off the court with power. What we see is self-belief. What we also see is disguise. I mean, Djokovic had a really hard time reading his shots. Part of that is they'd never played before, but also just the guile. And you have a feeling this, this is a real buttoned-up professional. I also, a spare moment for Djokovic. I don't know, th those remarks, I mean, the way he is approaching yeah. history, and he's not ignoring it, and he's not, oh, one match at a time, talk to me when it's over. He's confronting it. He's been very philosophical about it. I think it's such a smart way to approach the pressure he's no doubt facing. Roddick said of Djokovic, first he takes your legs, then he takes your soul. That's exactly what he has been doing throughout this entire season in majors. 25 in a row. Meantime, Alexander Zverev, he has won 15 in a row overall. Looking to become the second man to win the Olympic gold medal and U.S. Open in the same year. And John didn't have a lot of trouble with Giannis Sinner. No, a, a strange match. And you're right, this was 15 in a row, which is the high streak in men's tennis, even more than Djokovic. First few sets, it was just, you know, typically what, what you'd expect. Vera serving well, hitting the ball well, breaks at opportune times. He's playing a less experienced player. And then things got really interesting in the third set here. Here's Sinner, who had beaten Zverev at the French Open, who so beaten him at a major in a best-of-five match. It wasn't to be yesterday. Third set, Zverev goes up a break, and then the kid comes clawing back, and you had a feeling if Sinner could win that third set, we could have a really interesting match. Sinner had set points, couldn't convert, and experience won out. And uh, this could have been a lot more complicated. Credit Zverev for getting through. 37 winners, 17 aces, and Sasha Zverev has Lloyd Harris next. Take a look 
at the quarterfinals, which are now set. Novak Djokovic, a rematch of the Wimbledon final against Matteo Berrettini. Djokovic, 51 career major quarterfinals. The other seven guys have 21 combined. That is some experience. On the women's side, Shelby Rogers coming off that big win against world number one Ash Barty Lindsay taking on 18-year-old Brit Emma Redicanu playing on Ash for the first time. And what a great start for Shelby. Got off to a two-love lead and that was about the end for Shelby who just looked a little bit tired. Late Saturday night win over Ash Barty. Two and a half hour doubles match on Sunday and she just didn't have anything left in the tank against this great teenager who really was so excited to be out on Arthur Ashe Stadium court, brought the energy, was not nervous after she got on the board. So much to like about Radakanu's game. But I love the way yesterday is she played as well as she needed to to win. She wasn't overplaying, and Shelby Rogers just exhausted and so disappointed with her level. And Radakanu, Shelby's tried to come back. She had lost 11 games in a row, tried to mount a comeback in the second set, but Radakanu hung tough in that last game. Won 61% of the points off the Rogers serve, converted five of her nine break points. Emma Raducanu, just the third qualifier to reach the women's quarterfinals at the U.S. Open. What a moment as we go inside the press room. I've got quite a lot of messages from my school friends, and it's really nice that uh, we're still in contact, even though we left. I mean, it was quite a short time ago, but... Uh, my parents actually like ghosted me after the match. I mean, <laughs> I texted them, but they didn't reply, even though they were online. So, <laughs> so yeah, that meant something. But um, yeah, it's just been such a supportive reaction and atmosphere after Wimbledon and here. I mean, I'm just feeling like really, really happy. And um, I think that's really showing in my game on court. Goodness, youngest British player to reach a major quarterfinal since 1975. She hasn't dropped a set in seven matches here, and only three sets have gone 6-4 or greater. This is an incredible run. This is a wild run, and very quickly this went from cute story, 18-year-old, nice bounce back after Wimbledon to can she win this tournament? I mean, she's lost four games in her last four sets. I don't know if you caught I mean, a word on Shelby, too. I mean, you beat the number one player in the world and then you win three games against an 18-year-old qualifier. Shelby said after her last match, tennis will break your heart and then it will repair your heart. And we, uh, we, we got a sense of that with her last two matches. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Raducanu continues this great momentum. I mean, her first two slams, I mean, what a debut, right? Round of 16 and now at least the quarterfinals. She's the real deal, and we just hope that she stays healthy. She's able to continue developing. I mean, she just finished school in June. So she was going to full-time school, wasn't able to practice like a normal pro would. So all this is kind of coming as a surprise to her team and to herself. They really expected it to come more in 2022 or maybe later. 5-0 and against top 50 players. Her live ranking is up inside the top 75 right now. Who will young Emma take on in the quarterfinals? It's the winner of Belinda Bencic and Iga Sviantek. Bencic also hasn't dropped a set in New York, Lindsay, and getting a little bit of revenge from the Adelaide final earlier this year. And what a tight first set this was. Both players had so many chances. Sviantek had four set points, and credit Bencic, who we know is so confident after winning the gold medal. She's the player that was able to come through on her fifth set point. And, Steve, this is what a little bit of confidence does for a player. The bigger the point, the better Benchich is playing right now. These very quick hard courts certainly suit her game. And you just love to see a player start to play their best tennis. Shriantek in the second set just didn't know what to do as Benchich just kept getting better and better. 
Swiss player loves playing here at the U.S. Open quarterfinals for the third time at this event. As she rolls over Iga Sviantek, moves on to the final eight. And the last match, Lindsay, on Arthur Ashe Stadium. What a match it was. Bianca Andreescu, 2019 champ, still perfect at this tournament. Taking on Maria Sakri, second time this year. This would go deep into the night, into the morning. They would not stop playing forever. <laughs> what a match it was to bring this kind of energy at this kind of level, Steve. Finished after 2 a.m., but yet these two were bringing it. And Andreescu never got to match point, but she got oh so close, a couple of points away. And Maria Sakri, one of the most improved players, hung so tough in that second set breaker. In the third set, Andrescu had the trainer out after the fifth game, and you could see her movement hampered. But you always need a little bit of drama in a BB match, and we got it late in the match. And this seventh game was absolutely pivotal, both players having chances. But it was Sakri who was able to pull through, and Steve loved her energy throughout this match. She could have gotten down on herself. She would have gotten down on herself in previous years. Her mental toughness really pulled her through. Both, I mean, this was a pleasure to watch both of these players leaving it all on the court. Latest women's finish of all time, 2.13 a.m. Bianca Andreescu, first loss ever at the U.S. Open. So you take a look at the quarterfinals. Svitolina Fernandez, Pliskova, Sakri Pliskova got past Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. And the final eight is looking fantastic. John, what stands out to you here? One player that's won a major, and that's Krajikova. Was like Star Wars Cantina in, in the best way. That is a wacky final eight, but big opportunities on the board. Ah, what about who's, you? who's your favorite now? I think you got to go Sabalenka. Yeah. The highest yep. remaining seed, powering through, but realistically, six of those eight? You'd, you'd take? Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny. It's Sabalenka, Pliskova. We haven't talked much about. They've mm -hmm. kind of been going through quietly. But then you look at who they've beaten. You look at how they've played. And you look at their game mm -hmm. on these quick courts. But I don't know. We continually get surprised by <laughs> the WTA. <laughs> and this one has been a pleasure happy, to happy cover. Happy surprise. Yes, exactly. exactly. Good surprise. It could also be the now 19-year-old Layla Fernandez, who's in action later today. Uh, this is when she was 18. So <laughs> long days ago. days ago. <laughs> <laughs> With Carlos Alcaraz, both of these players making the quarterfinals. What a shot there. Uh, Layla said she remembers watching him in juniors one tournament. Said, I'm watching a right-handed Rafa Nadal. <laughs> Nope. What do you think of that comp? It's not bad. Uh, he, I think he, he would prefer uh, he'd prefer a Federer comp from what I hear. But uh, I'm, I'm happy they took advantage of that moment because uh, they will both remember this. Yeah. All right, both in action later today, as you see here. Medvedev starts us off. Arthur Ashe at noon Eastern. Alina Svitolina, a nine-match win streak taken to the court against the 19-year-old. FAA and Alcaraz, the youngest quarterfinal matchup in a major since Nadal beat Djokovic in 2006. Still to come on TC Live, a story you have to see to believe. An ambidextrous boy who's becoming a champion by hitting every single angle. TC Live at the U.S. Open. More after this. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Lindsay John, Steve back on TC Live. Reminder that tennis.com is more than just a website. It is your home for the entire sport. Get breaking news, real-time match scores, player profiles, and more. You can see Joel Drucker's writing all the time on Tennis.com. Log on right now or download the Tennis app. 
for all your devices. Here's Nick with Fox Weather and today's forecast. I'm meteorologist Nick Coaster, and here's your U.S. Open weather forecast. Gorgeous day in Flushing Meadows. Clear skies, sunny, a high of 80 degrees. Perfect day for tennis, so get outside and enjoy. For more information, go to foxweather.com. Precise, personal, powerful Fox Weather coming in October. All right, Nick, love to hear that forecast. As always, TC Live, your U.S. Open pregame show tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. It becomes a postgame show over championship weekend. ESPN's live coverage begins today at noon Eastern. And Tennis Channel will have encore coverage of the best matches every night. When we come back, Americans still alive in the dubs. We're going loco for McCoco. Coco Golf and Katie McNally looking to make the quarterfinals in New York. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, Lindsay, Steve, John, I, I know you were bummed earlier. No Americans left singles quarterfinals, yep, got, right? I know. We've got nine Americans <laughs> left in doubles and mixed. That includes the dynamic duo of Katie McNally and Coco Golf. You know, they won the U.S. Open junior doubles title in 2019, trying to make the quarterfinals of this event for the first time. Yeah. The main draw. Seated 11 here. And, Steve, they have not dropped a set yet. These two worked together so well as a team. We always talk about the Bryan brothers, how they knew each other instinctively. Well, these two as well, they work together so beautifully, obviously focused on their singles. But when they step onto the doubles court, they are 100% in. Love to see players that are developing and moving up the ranks still this committed to doubles. No question, it's helped their overall game. And they get the fans so excited out here. This court was packed to watch these two. They're going to win a major at some point. Hey, why not this year at the U.S. Open? Oh, their box office. Love to see Mick Coco out on the court. This is match point into the quarterfinals. And they're going to take on the top seeds, Shea Sue and Alisa Mertens in the final eight. Fantastic performance from Goff and McNally. Some other scores. How about Gabby Dabrowski, Louisa Stefani into the quarters? They won Canada. They did, and look at uh, Shea Mertens on the upper right. That is your top seed. They won their first match 0-0, doubles, double bagel, and they put up a bagel yesterday as well. That's who Makoko gets next. All right, on the men's side, Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury having a great season. Second in the race, already qualified for Turin. Coming off their first Masters title in Canada, they kept it rolling yesterday, John. Indiana's own Rajiv on the, uh, in the near court here. These guys won the Australian Open in 2020. Dodik won with a different partner in 2021. So a lot of experience here. The top seeds, unlike men's singles, top seeds in men's doubles. Pavic and Mektik, they were eliminated. So this is a wide-open draw. And why not, Rajiv? As Lindsay says, we still have Americans here. We're a collaborative culture. And uh, this was fun stuff yesterday. Again... <laughs> 
Doubles, doubles, doubles. Uh, you like the entertainment, you like the reflexes. If you want to see different angles, here you go. That's a nice win for, uh, for Rajiv and Salisbury. Yeah, you Australian Open finalist earlier this year. Great pairing they have been. As we take a look at some other scores, Jamie Murray, Bruno Suarez coming through there in the quarterfinals. And former champs, 2015, Pierre Huguerbert, Nico Mahou. They are back into the final eight at the U.S. Open. Take a look at our hot shot. This is from the first round in doubles. Dan Evans, Lloyd Glasspool, far court, shot of the tournament in doubles. Lloyd Glasspool goes around the post. Ah! Didn't know this was legal, that's, that's the thing. He knew that he could do this. Did I do had it? no idea. And this is also, obviously, a doubles net. So look how far Evans. off the court he has oh, to go and then makes that adjustment to go on the other side. Everyone looked around at the umpire for a minute. Like, is that okay to do? That was that's sick. It was, yes. Glasspool like, yep, I'm just going to, yeah. Like, that is legal for the record, right? Yes, they that got is the legal. Point. They won the point. That's, they got the point. <laughs> That's He's got the brains from going to UT. Yeah. Won the NCAA doubles title in 2015, Lloyd Glasspool, and, and look what he's doing no, there. No offsides penalty there. <laughs> That's great. D Dan Evans has a knack for drama, doesn't he? But, uh, boy, that's... That may be the craziest point I've seen this tournament. I, I think that's the point of the tournament. Mm -hmm. We well, get some fantastic we still points. We have like five or six days so go. far. We don't want to prematurely. No, of course not. No, but it's in the running. I, I like you pointing out. I mean, former doubles champion at the U.S. Open and singles, so it, it helps to play some doubles, Coco and Katie. Much more still to come. TC live at the U.S. Open. Dominic Team coming up, the defending men's champ. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. The sport of tennis is like a math problem. There are different ways to find a winning formula. Monica Seles made the Hall of Fame using two hands off both sides. Born right-handed, Rafa Nadal developed one of the most devastating lefty forehands in history. And we're about to introduce you to a young boy who's found his own unique method for success. Acceleration. Elbow race. Hop. At first glance, Teo Davidov looks like most other nationally ranked juniors his age. But it's his rather unique playing style that is quickly catching people's attention these days. Finish. I started playing tennis when I was about two and a half. My dad hung a ball from the ceiling. Then I just started swinging the ball. And then eventually we started practicing on the court. My dad pushes me a lot because... He really wants me to become, like, the greatest in tennis and in life. So he's very fiery, very extroverted, very left hemisphere predominant person. So I was always looking for different methods to make him a little more balanced, to make him a better version of himself. So I just decided to experiment. I was about eight when I started playing my lefty and my righty, two forehands. As he started playing more with the lefty, I, I, I could tell, I could see some skepticism, wasting time, this and that. First year especially was super hard because I would go to tournaments, I'd have to play my lefty, which is just like a couple months old, and then I'll lose first round to people who I'd beat with my righty easily. 
And uh, the truth is that his opponents have been doing him a favor because they play most of the time to his lefty, which was the little weaker side. But over time, by doing that, they're making his lefty stronger and bigger. There are a lot of fighting advantages with two forehands. The first advantage is you can unbalance your opponents, you know, all the time. I mean, you can give him different looks at the ball, different spins. The opponent is going to receive a, a very fast, very aggressive ball. It'll be very hard to decide what to do if you're returning against him. My lefty serve, it's different spin. And one I hit with my righty and then the other one with my lefty, they get kind of confused. So I can change it up. Short preparation. He brings more awareness also to his dominant side. Things that have become automated, he can explore in more details. It's a process of educating the non-dominant side and again, re-educating the dominant also. So it, it's an interesting process. Off the court, Teo's family practices Eastern traditions such as yoga, acupuncture, massage therapy, and veganism to keep both his mind and body at peak performance. What we just did is very beneficial on a physical and mental level for, for everyone. It's helping me for size because it clears my mind from thoughts and bad emotions. After a video of Teo went viral on social media earlier this year, he has backed up the hype, recently reaching the finals of the Boys 12 National Clay Courts at only the age of 10. We've been training six to eight hours a day, pretty much only lefty, because it needs to catch up a lot faster. His righty forehand is very explosive. His lefty is catching up. It's getting closer and closer. He really cares about me, and he wants me to always push myself, and he pushes me too. I take tennis as a form of yoga, a dynamic form of yoga, yoga in action, an activity to develop his personality and to, to make him a better person. Rather than having some goals to make him a great player or a pro player, that is secondary. Whatever comes, we, we just can accept it. I just, um, I'm trying to kind of cultivate uh, contentment. Nitin Varma producing that story. Absolutely fascinating uh, to, to see somebody do that. And, and it, it looks amazing. I mean, the strokes off both sides. How realistic of a strategy is having uh, two forehands, Lindsay? Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I, I first met them in 2018 at a Boys 12s tournament in Texas. And the father came up to me to explain what he was doing. And I thought, gosh, that sounds really complicated. The fascinating piece of this whole, sto whole story is he also hits backhands, one-handed off of both wings. And I remember watching him play thinking... How does he know what shot to hit? They've then simplified it into two forehands, but he is so incredibly talented in trying to train the left brain equally as the right brain, all of that stuff. I mean, we'll have to see when serves start coming at 110, 120, 130, what happens? Can you switch hands? It's obviously up at net as well if someone's pounding ground strokes at you. But, I mean, to be that good doing something that complicated that young, I mean, he's obviously a special talent. He's a special kid. He's very good already, has great results. Um, it'll be so fun and fascinating to follow his path. There's clearly a method here. I mean, this isn't, hey, let's try this wacky idea. I mean, clearly this has been thought through. We, we've seen other players before, you know, Monica Sellis, Jim Michael Gamble, Fabrice Santoro. We can go down the list of players that have had two forehands. This, uh, I thought you told me this guy was an amphibious joke. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I, we, we haven't seen this. But you know what? It, it's sort of in keeping with the theme of this 
U.S. Open, which is there is no right way, there is no right style. I love the fact that they're really sort of combining the the off-court and the psychology with, I, I love that line about dynamic yoga. Clearly this has been thought through, and why not? I mean, if Riley Opelka can do one thing and Diego Schwartzman can do another and Leila Fernandez plays nothing like Sabalenka, Tennis can accommodate this, so let's let's follow this experiment. It doesn't matter the height, the size, how, how you figure it out. Uh, you know, tennis is a sport that you can do many different ways yeah. to find the same formula for success. Cannot wait to follow Teo's progress over the next few years. Still to come here on TC Live, Dominic Team joins the show as he has all throughout the U.S. Open. John Wertheim, wonder what his stat of the day will be today and. We will break down the quarterfinal matchups. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. Schedule changes a little bit over championship weekend. Guess what? Saturday and Sunday, we will be following the women's and men's singles finals back to break down the champions. Will we have a grand slam to talk about? There will be a new men's champion because the defending champion is with us, and we are happy to have Dominic Team back on TC Live. How you doing, Dominic? I'm doing fine, thanks. Great How's to see the, you. Uh, before we get to the highlights to break it all down, we, we've got to talk about this new commercial for the Bank of Austria that you are in where you showed us your full savings account. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was super nice, actually, because um, it was filmed in, in a national park in Austria, where it is usually very tough to get. And um, the whole topic is, is about nature and about sustainability. So I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, luckily, I got a, a double, um, who was actually a big, big uh, Novak fan, because he was from Serbia and uh, he was jumping into that river, which was like, I don't know, five or six degrees. So he helped me out a lot, but it was fun. And um, comparing to the first commercial I did for them um, five years ago, I improved my acting as well. <laughs> I, I have so many questions. I don't know where to begin. Um, a, a body double is interesting. What this has to do with banking is something one could ask. I, I'm just curious. Tell us about the process. I mean, you, you have a, a deal, a sponsorship with this bank. And uh, how, do, how do we get from there to uh, you're spending a day in the woods? Tell, tell us, sort of get, take us behind the scenes of the process of shooting something like this. I started with them um, 2017. And, um, well, we need to get to know each other, you know, and um, they, they did a lot of research and uh, what I like, what I don't like. And the first commercial was actually in an indoor arena in Bratislava. It was was pretty easy and horrible acting by me. <laughs> and, uh, and it got more and more complicated. And the last uh, two times... We're in two national parks in Austria, which is super, super nice. And uh, they got to know me a little bit that I'm, or that I'm uh, super important for me, the, the nature and animals and sustainability. So the last two commercials were a little bit about that. And um, yeah, now at this time, for the first time, I had a real Uber, which is a, a big honor. But no, the real reason is that I cannot uh, jump in the... In the cold lake, I'm also struggling big time with ice baths. I just don't like cold water. So that's why I had a double and he did a great thing. 
That's fantastic. It's the best story of the week. Home, everyone. Uh, we're really getting to, to know you now. Uh, a full withdrawal of clothing for, for Dominic team, Bank of Austin, play for the oceans. L- love it all. Let's get to some highlights from yesterday. Matteo Berrettini making his third straight major quarterfinal. Four sets over Oscar Atta. What stood out to you in this match, Dami? It was pretty even the first two sets. And um, then, actually, Oscar got a cheap break in the in the third set which was a little bit unnecessary from his side and then uh, the match slipped away from him and obviously to, to get a break against Matteo is always difficult because of his great serve and then he likes to play up front and uh, if, you, if you see like that he also got tired probably at the end uh, is not used to play so many best of five matches and uh, at the end it was was a uh, clear win for Matteo so he goes into the quarterfinals we get a rematch of the Wimbledon final Novak Djokovic next how about the South African Lloyd Harris 12 more aces than Riley Opelka broke the big man six times you had a tough match against Harris in Dubai what makes him so dangerous Dominic his serve is, is very dangerous. I mean, you have to hit more aces than Rayleigh in a match, which is which is unreal. But uh, his technique of his serve, um, it's very fluent, but at the same time, it's you don't know when to prepare because it's such a quick motion, and you don't know exactly when to do the split step. And uh, from the baseline, he improved so much compared to last year. And um, there were there were signs about him that he can make it really far um, in Dubai already when he beat me, when he made the finals, then when he beat Rafa in uh, Washington. And now he plays a great tournament and gets a rematch for Cincinnati against Sasha. I want to circle back to Matteo Berrettini. He's now through to the quarterfinals. He faces Novak, who got through against Brooksby last night. So for Novak to win the calendar year slam, potentially, and it looks like he's going to have to go through Berrettini, most likely Zverev, and then Medvedev, who's kind of cruised along on that bottom half. Do you think, I, I mean, that's a pretty tough road these last three matches. Do you think uh, Novak can do it? That's potentially the, the toughest path um, of, of the three biggest title contenders. But if somebody can do it, it's, it's Novak. And uh, um, I mean, we all know that, that he has the chance of the century, probably it's not going to come that fast again, the, win, uh, the, the chance for a calendar Grand Slam. So he'll do everything and he'll give everything to make it and to win three more matches. But um, he will have to be probably three top ten players in a row, which is always difficult. But as I said, if somebody can do it, it's him. Hasn't happened since 1969 on the men's side. So it's certainly not an easy task. But like you said, uh, if anyone could do it, it's Novak Djokovic. We're going to break down some quarterfinal matchups with Dominic Team when we come back. Leila Fernandez coming on site. The now 19-year-old got Billie Jean King's book all in, uh, specially signed yesterday, delivered by Stacey Allister. That was a great moment. Back after this. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. 
Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, it is that time. John Wertheim, what is your stat of the day? Let's stick with Novak Djokovic. He's had to play qualifiers, players he's had 16 match winning streaks against. A player last night who was outside the top 99. Now it gets very interesting. He has potentially three of the top six seeds left. And here, here's a look at the draw here. He's 14-6 and six against combined against the players remaining in the draw. I, I want to ask Dominic Team though, about this jump going from matches against guys that uh, in some cases are outside the top 100 to potentially having to play three matches to close this thing off against three top six players. How, how do you adjust for that very different type of opponent in week two? He did it so many times already um, that uh, it's, it's nothing new for him, and he's so experienced in, in doing that, in, in raising his level. Um, at the end, now in, in the first week of the US Open, um, and as well in many, many previous Grand Slam tournaments, he was far off playing his best tennis, and uh, everybody said that he's not even the top title contender anymore in this tournament. And then when the first top opponent came, he raised his level like crazy. So he knows that, that he can do it. And uh, if he wants the title here, he has to do it again because now he's, he's potentially facing three top 10 opponents in a row. And uh, if he wants to continue winning, then definitely has to raise his level as well. He could meet Daniil Medvedev in the final, Dominic. Medvedev, the only guy who has yet to drop a set of those quarterfinalists. Will he have any trouble today against the qualifier, the Dutchman? I, I mean, he, he will have troubles, yes, but um, at the end he's, he's going to win, I think. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised by Van der Sancho. It's been an incredible journey so far for him in this tournament. Uh, quarterfinals. Um, for somebody who has never been even in the USA before for, for playing tennis, it's, it's incredible, no? But um, yeah, Medvedev just looked so solid, didn't lose one set. And uh, he also has the, the goal, the finals in sight, and he's the big, big favorite in the bottom half. And I, I don't think he lets this chance slip away. We also have Oje Aliassim and Alcaraz who are going to go at it later today. How do you think Felix is going to handle being the favorite in such a big match? Probably that match is going to be very, very interesting. Um, if, if Carlos Arcaras is able to continue playing like against Tsitsipas, like against uh, Goyovchik in the last round, he definitely has a chance. But, uh, well, he's still only 18 years old and he just played two tough five setters in a row. So we'll see how he handles it physically and then also with with all the emotions were pretty new to him probably. So I think that Felix is, is the slight favorite. It's his second quarterfinals in a slam in a row, but that should be a very attractive match and um, slight advantage to Felix in my opinion. We talk about the, the 18 and the 19-year-olds and how little experience they have. Is there a way that that's an advantage? And if you're Alcaraz, if you're Emma Raducanu, and the fact that this is all new, is that something that actually works to their benefit? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for, for me, it was a big advantage. You just play so free. You, you go out in the big stadiums. Uh, the, the crowd loves them. 
I mean, for a good reason, obviously. And uh, they just enjoy it. They play with the crowd. They they pump the crowd up. And um, they still have the approach to the match. If they win, it's incredible. If they lose, nothing's going to happen. You still have a hundred Grand Slam tournaments coming up. And uh, it's it's also great to see how they enjoy it. And um, that's amazing. And uh, that's why it's so fun to watch, particularly the, the three of them. Play free. Uh, got nothing to lose. I mean, we, we shall see. And by the way, if you're just joining us, Dominic team called this Carlos Alcaraz from the jump. Eight days ago. It was like, this is the guy. He's going to be a sleeper. He's going to go far. It, it all came true. Uh, Dominic, once again, great to have you with us here on TC Live. Get that rehab going, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks a lot. See you tomorrow. Been a pleasure to have Dominic team with us on TC Live throughout the U.S. Open. If Felix Oje Aliasim wins later today, he'll become the number one ranked Canadian. Wrap things up after this. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Welcome back. Time for our People Magazine stars in the stands. Lynn manuel Miranda. Guess what? He's in the room where it happens. Oh, we could play not throwing away his shot, watching Novak Djokovic. <laughs> we could have fun with this. Um, he's a real tennis fan. This, this, yeah. wasn't, uh, this wasn't a one-nighter. Big, uh, big Nadal Federer fan. And uh, I don't know if you saw some of the cutaways. He was very into the session yesterday. Good to see him. Who else is in the stand? Ah, it's your former Fed Cup coach. <laughs> Captain Billie Jean King. Now it's named after her. That's Billie right. Jean King Cup, but uh, she spoke to us earlier in the day, and then she went to watch a little tennis, and she has been jazzed about the young players really coming up. She was texting me about Layla Fernandez and how excited she was just at her level and, and how these young players are really adjusting to these huge moments already. For more stars in the stands, go to people.com. Speaking of Layla Fernandez, she's part of our Tennis Express Head-to-head, Layla Fernandez playing later today. The now 19-year-old taking on Alina Svitolina, only meeting prior 2020 Monterey, John, and Svitolina won in straight sets. I think this is a winnable match for Fernandez, a much different type of match, a much different type of opponent. A lot's gone on for her in the last eight days, but, you know, Svitolina's not going to hit through her necessarily. It's a big moment for Svitolina, and... I just love the way Fernandez has really sort of played this with not just the crowd, but the whole experience. I think she's got a real chance here. How will the crowd play a factor in this? Obviously, no Americans, but they've been going nuts for the teenagers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it would have been so easy for Fernandez to just kind of walk away against Kerber down a set and a break. And she's like, no way. I am here at this tournament to win it. Reminds me of Andrescu a couple mm. of years ago. Yeah. We kept thinking, oh, it'll catch up to her. It never did. It'll be interesting in a day match. They, you know, Shelby Rogers had the fans on her side playing Ash Barty. Much different atmosphere yesterday. She wasn't playing great. She didn't have that energy. I, I think they'll be behind Fernandez, but she's got to give them something to get behind in that match. Absolutely. I, I think she will. I mean, she has that personality yep. to kind of pump up the crowd. Meantime, Barbora Krejcikova. She is the last remaining major winner on the women's side, and she's taking on Arena Sabalenka. Krejcikova has been fantastic. I mean, looking for her 43rd main draw win of this year, so is Sabalenka. Will there be any lingering injury concerns? Well, that's the question. I mean, she has about 48 hours to recover, and we'll just have to see. She wasn't around yesterday practicing. No one's really sure how she's feeling. She did not look well when she left the court after 
defeating Muguruza and the USTA giving her as late a start as possible for this match, second night match, and then she's playing someone in Sabalenka who's been playing great. We thought maybe she got injured earlier when she felt hasn't been the case. Lots of energy there. I think Sabalenka's a, a favorite given what we saw on court a couple nights ago from Krejcikova. Here's a sentence we didn't think we would utter a week ago. The lone remaining major champion on the women's draw is Krejcikova. I, I think we just need to know how she comes out yep. because that, that was not, you know, we saw with Sabalenka, she fell on her hand. We were all looking, how's the hand going to be? Fortunately, it was fine. This was much more of so, sort of dizziness and an injury of the moment. And uh, you hope, you know, she, she doesn't have quite 40 hours to recover, but I think that's going to be critical. Eight men, eight women left in the singles draw. Coverage begins on ESPN at noon Eastern. A happy and healthy new year to all who observe Rosh Hashanah. That is all for TC Live today. For Lindsay Davenport, John Wertheim, Dominic Team, our entire team. We hope to see you back here 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow for TC Live. Thanks for watching the show.